shoots Manchester City into an inevitable lead. Just a case of when, half an hour in, Raheem Sterling with utter certainty. Foden and feeds Sterling, who sat one down, went over Hughes, it's going to be a penalty. Not too much about, about that one. Raheem Sterling, Foster saves, Sterling follows up, and Manchester City ease away. He got his way in the end, he tends to. And there's a great stop from Ben Foster. Yeah, nice big strong left hand. And when you need some help from your defenders, your team, non forthcoming. De Bruyne, Sterling for his hat trick. Touched in by Foden. City three to the good. Well, there's a pace in the passing once again, as you mentioned, Peter. Yeah, it's a lovely pass from De Bruyne. Sterling, the speed merchant that he is, is clearly onside. He'd be disappointed, of course, he doesn't take his hat trick. And then once again, another top class save from Ben Foster. As long as you're fully concentrated, and Foden was tapping. In by De Bruyne, in by Laporte. 4-0 Manchester City, and Watford's goal difference advantage has vanished in just more than an hour here. That kind of goal's going to hurt, because Watford, that's a sloppy goal to give away. Iberic Laporte's first goal since he got the equaliser on title day at Brighton last May. Aaron Mings up there too. Swung in by Harahan and Mings was there. And then lashed in by Trezeguet. Villa hit the press. On what could be a pivotal night at Villa Park. Because Villa had the lead they craved. Okay, welcome to We Only Pod when we're winning. We've got John and Sean online. I'm Paul, and um, we're ready to rock and roll talking anything mucking around with football. How are we, boys? Bring it on, baby. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good, man. Just a quick shout-out to um, to all my homies there at the Qatari Royal Family. Good to hear from you all. And you, the week. United, you. Arab, United Arab Emirates as well. we'll um, we won't mention That's them again it. tonight. Don't be visiting any embassies, John, anytime soon, okay? Mm. So, so I know most shows talk about um, the uh, Premier League, but we have to talk about the Premier League because we all have vested interests in it at the moment. Uh, congratulations, Sean. Leeds going up as champions into the Premier League next year. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, to be honest with you, I've been, on, I've been pissed for about the last four days. And uh, <laughs> I don't think I've been sober at all for the last four days, but it's uh, 16 years is a long time for a club like ours. And, uh, you know, we've had 15, would you believe we've had 15 full-time managers in 16 years? And if you include the caretaker managers, that's uh, 21. Uh, you know, numerous owners. Uh, the one thing that has stayed the same is the fans. The fans have never wavered. And, um, you know, we've got the master... We've got we've got Emperor Palpatine, Mr. Bielsa, uh, and 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 I genuinely think if we can bring in a couple of pieces, a couple of you know, keep Ben White. That's a definite. Bring in a couple of pieces of quality, then uh, then there's there's one thing for sure. We are not going to be making up with the numbers. We're not making up any numbers next year. We are um, we're going to be top half. No doubt about it. Well, Sean, congratulations. I could not be happier for you. And um, it's totally deserved. It's great for everybody involved with the game to have 
a great club like Leeds back in the Premiership. So well done to you and all your long, genuine long-suffering fans. It's been a long journey. Well done. Well, you've been there. You've been there, Johnny. I mean, you, you remember mm. that day against Burton. Uh, you know, yeah. Burton Albion and, and the joint was virtually full against Burton Albion and it was a cracking atmosphere and it was a it was a pleasure to be there with you that day mate. it's a great place on road man yeah thank you I love it good on you and well a uh, absolutely brilliant effort by um, Queensland based lead supporters who got the story bridge lit up in uh, blue and yellow I believe as well for, um, on, on the day of the game night of the game I think that was more coincidence than uh, than actual planning, to be honest with you, Paul. Uh, I don't think there's, I don't think there was much going on there, but uh, I, I could be proven wrong. I've I'm heard money sure, was actually but, paid, but um, I, that's from my sources. Money was paid to have it lit up those colours, mate. So it's not inconceivable because uh, I was up there. I was up at the Pig and Whistle at the Riverside on the weekend on Sunday night, and I reckon there was about 150 people there, and uh, and uh, I was I was opening the batting in the uh, Yorkshire. Dream drinking team that night and uh, it was a it was a very 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 good session and uh, we parted hard we celebrated and it was uh, 16 years in the waiting and how good was that well we've got a um, brilliant Sunday night Monday morning for uh, the Premier League coming up obviously one of the great things that the Premier League does is play the last round of matches at the same time um, and this morning's game Watford getting beaten 4-0 by Man City Villa beating Arsenal 1-0 means on goal difference for the first time in, I believe, five and a half months, Villa is out of the relegation zone mm-hmm. and f- football is in their own feet and head. Um, now, I've been putting us down the whole time, but I did say to you guys, I thought we might get seven points in our last three games. Um, uh, but if we get nine points, we're definitely staying up. So, you know, glass half empty kind of guy as I am, I can't believe we have a chance to stay up. Well, you took your chances this morning. We were talking on the phone and uh, on the on the text message, and and uh, we all three of us know exactly what it's like to be having that swim through mud for the last ten or twelve games. Yours has been accentuated by the COVID lockdown, so it must be agonising. And then to get a result like you got this morning, one nil um, against against the Arsenal, um, to lift you out. It's in your hands, and uh, let's face it, that's what you want. I'm sure that's what every team in the bottom five wants, and you've got it, so good luck. Well, West Ham on 37 points, unless there's an unbelievable 6-0 result or you know, either way, West Ham is safe on 37 points. It's Villa and Watford on 34 points with Bournemouth on 31, but the goal difference between them all is only one goal. So it's going to be a... Um, please... With as long as you're not playing City in the last game, because they were been on a tear against the teams in the lower half of the draw. No, we're lower playing half West, the draw in the lower half of the table. We're playing West Ham, West Ham. and yeah. uh, and I'd said a while back that it was going to come down to us beating West Ham in the final game. Mm. So who knows? Well, I, uh, I, 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 just to just to jump in, lads, I, I, I was lucky enough to get to the uh, Emirates Stadium in January, and I did the stadium tour and all that. And uh, Arsenal are a fantastic club, brilliant, brilliant club. And uh, but how frustrating must it be to be an Arsenal fan at the moment? You know, which team is going to turn up on any given day? And uh, and and you know that must be incredibly frustrating. But all all due credit to Villa, um, you know they got the job done this morning. And and uh, you, you you know what I, I I can't for the life of me. I know there's been lots of rumours about backroom incidents and fighting at the training ground and this, that and the other with Watford. But but what what benefit is the sacking a manager two games to go? 
Oh, can, can, anyone, can anyone explain that? No, it's, uh, look, I mean, it, it had to be very close at Villa with Dean Smith as well, which I, I cannot agree with you guys more. It is absolute madness and not the good well, music. Well, Watford only beat us like a, uh, a week ago. Yes, when you, I think you led that game 1-0 too. So I was yeah, cursing, we did. Uh, I was cursing well, uh, Newcastle at that stage. Let's not forget, guys, that, that when Pearson was, uh, Pearson was appointed, Watford had nine points and they were virtually... Mm gone and and he he turned it round and and uh, and he's he's not known for his diplomacy bless him Nigel uh, Pearson but um uh, surely that uh, you know and 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 there's been lots going on behind the scenes which we can't speak about for uh, legal reasons but uh, surely 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 you've got to let the guy get, let the guy finish the season off surely you well know? you'd think so i mean there's nothing to really what boost is going to be had in those final couple games. So Arsenal will take on Watford. Um, Arsenal do have the FA Cup coming up as well. So, you know, what, what effect will that have? Um, we have uh, Bournemouth playing Everton and uh, Villa taking on West Ham, um, who looks safe as well. So it's going to be a brilliant, um, you know, obviously... I don't, think Bour- I don't think Bournemouth are out of the equation here, you know. Oh, no, I no, really certainly don't. not. No, no, that, that's exactly uh, right. That's why we're saying those three teams with one yeah, goal difference. Um, Does Eddie Howe stay on if they lose, if they go down? I, I think uh, it could be a uh, it could be a Brisbane Broncos esque situation where you know I'm no quitter. I'm sat on uh, I'm sat on a couple. You of can years make an argument though that he and, uh, that he's the club. That he really is the they sort of live and breathe with them and. Yeah, I, 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 I must agree with that. I must agree. I, I mean, think he'd be the man to. I think he'd be the man to try and bring him back up. I, I, you're not going to get many better managers uh, going to a club like, like Bournemouth, are you? I think. I think what we've got. What we've got to factor in with Bournemouth guys is that 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 you know, as a little like Leeds last season, that they've had the most horrendous season in terms of injuries to key players. They've had an, an, a terrible, terrible, terrible year with injuries, and uh, and 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 for a club like Bournemouth in the Premier League, you know that's going to hurt you, and it's hurt them badly. Uh, and I think if they do go down, it, it's it's not going to be through incompetence from the management or the club. It's going to be just, you know, it's going to be down to a little bit of bad luck in terms of key injuries to key players. Simple as yeah, that. he's a well, fabulous manager, and I. No, I just think he's a fabulous manager, and if if you know if they let him go when they go into the championship, who are they going to get? Who's better place to know the club, know the way they play their systems? Yeah. What's available? The, what the, the answer is no one. And what's the actual reality of the expectations for Bournemouth? He's extended them in the Premiership and made them relevant. You know, and like this time we did on this podcast seven years ago, man, Bournemouth weren't a blip on the radar. No. No. Big game for Manchester United tomorrow morning. Um, they are taking on West Ham. They're uh, level on points um, with Leicester with the game in hand. So um, Champions League ramifications there as well. So at the top end, although, you know, you could still conceivably see Chelsea and Leicester miss out on a, on a, on a Champions League spot. But what a brilliant story with Leicester over the years to win a title and be fighting still for a Champions League spot when you've got Liverpool, City, um, Chelsea, United, you know, so forth. And Arsenal down in 10th just goes to show the depth in the Premier League at the moment. I think, I think Leicester have been a very, very well-run club and uh, losing their owner was a, was a desperate, was a really bad blow for them, terrible blow. And, uh, but, you know, um, I think, I think uh, Brendan as manager now, 
I think he's he's got the runs on the board. He's got the credentials on the board. I think that um, I, I think what Leicester have achieved is nothing short of, uh, of of miraculous. And let's let's not forget. Let's not forget. Leicester were in League One with us yep. not that long ago. They we're, were in League One with Leeds United about twelve years ago. Where will history see um, James Vardy? Like where you know you guys being England fans and so forth. Where, where do you see? Him being, you know, he's 30, I think 32 or 33 now. Um, he's 23 goals this year, 15 more than anyone else at Leicester. Where are going to sit kind of like in the pantheon of, of, of strikers in the Premier League? I wish he'd played for us. Wish played for us as well. <laughs> you know, like what a fabulous player. He's got the most out of himself. He's, um, he's, he's, he's battled injuries. He's, he's done, you know, he's, he's well, Eve, you can say he's literally won everything. And um, apart from probably a European trophy, but um, oh, great player. I think the thing, the thing, uh, just point of order to start with, I, I'm more Republic of Ireland now, uh, Paul. Oh, I appreciate um, that. Sorry, Shawnee. Uh, so it's all right, mate. It's all right. It's uh, you know, uh, but but the thing about J- Jamie. Vance Come on, is, man. You know, you you when that first goal went in in the semi final against Croatia, you like me breaking your toes, back and dancing around the. Hey, listen, mate. Listen, mate. I've got, I've got the, I've got the Republic of Ireland passport coming. I've got the Australia passport. I've got the British passport. I can support anyone who's winning, baby. Anyone who's winning. <laughs> and how many World Cups between those countries? Um, so... <laughs> exactly. But, but just, just coming back to, to Vardy, what people need to understand is this guy was rejected by a lot of clubs. This guy was playing for Halifax Town in the, yeah. com- in the, in yeah. the National League. Uh, th- th- this guy has shown what, whatever you think of the guy, whatever you think of him, you know, he has shown an absolute. He's got he's got nuts like a prize bull. Yeah, seven and, goals and, for and, England, and you know, uh, you, you were saying about Halifax Town, he he killed it for Fleetwood for a season and a bit, and Leicester picked him up and 130 goals in 312 games. Uh, I would take that every day. Well, I tell you what, Paul. I tell you what, Paul. It's the old story, mate, and and. As fo- you know, football evolves. Football gets more complicated. This, that, and the other. There's one thing. There's one thing I can tell you right now that a defender hates, and it's pace. And 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 Vardy's got good pace, got good wheels, good pace. Defenders hate pace, and 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 he can finish. And and when a striker has got good wheels, when a striker can finish, and he's got a good attitude like Vardy's got, then then. Anything can happen. Anything. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? This year, the top uh, top two or three goal scorers, Vardy's from Leicester. He's on twenty three. You got Danny Ings, South Southampton. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's up there uh, as well. So it, it goes to show you don't always have to be the absolute top club. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, in other words, you think he's had a very good career. He's got the most out of himself. Fantastic career, yeah. amazing. I mean, actually, I'd be amazed if they didn't. I would be astonished if they didn't make a, a film about his career. Actually, well, Sean, get onto it um, now that Gold Coast will be back in the uh, um, crux of, of filmmaking again with Hollywood coming over. Maybe you can uh, sing a, a hey, Vardy song, mate. It, How a, many goals did we say he scored for Leicester? I think I, I think one hundred and thirty. Is that in just? Is that in all competitions? I think so, mate. Yeah, we'd have to double check those stats. But he's definitely kicked a hundred. We need to because I'm looking at the Premier League stats here, and um, and he doesn't get into the top tw- the top twenty 
And yeah, that, Ian Wright's that, that, on nineteen with one hundred and thirteen. Yeah, that'd be in uh, that'd be in all competitions for sure. I'll tell you what mm. to do, Paul. Tell you what to do, Paul. Get the get the uh, production team to look that up in in the break. You know. Okay, so that'll be uh, that that'll be one of your kids. <laughs> awesome. A quick quiz, <laughs> quick quiz. Here we go. This is a good one without notice. I know you're the host, but anyway, I'll do it. Um, who holds the record for the most appearances in the Premier League? Uh, it would have to be the fellow who went to. Now you said um, Premier League, yeah. In the Premiership, most appearances in the Premier League. Mm. Have to be the midfield guy who played at Villa, wouldn't it? Played for England. What they call him? Sean, Paul. What do you call him? Midfield player, no. tall, dark hair. He's got a well-sounding name. Come on, oh, bring it out, guys. Come on. You put us on the spot. You know you know the answer there, John. It's Gareth Barry. Oh, my Gareth God. Gareth Barry, that's who I was thinking. You that's got it, Sean. Good job. Oh, my God. That's How the guy I was thinking. And, um, he had about 15, 15 year career, Premier League 15 year career, at least. That's at a least. pretty, uh, pretty um, sad story about him, actually. Um, we won't go on about it tonight. We'll cover it another time. But he's had some uh, some pretty bad luck in the last few years. But, uh, yeah, fantastic football for us. And uh, it just shows that I'm way off track with my uh, villain knowledge right now. Thanks for pointing that out. I will keep it in the pod. Uh, you fell into the trap, Mr. Fredrickson. I, well, no, no. I, um, I, I, you know, now I'll, go, I'll do a ode to Gareth Barry uh, later on. Now, best game you've been to live, guys. Best game you've been to in the flesh, not watching it on TV. You've Stood in the stands. Best game you've ever been to. Go on, Johnny. Oh, most of the times I went to see Newcastle, they got beat. <laughs> um, that's true. I, I had a. We would fly back. Would fly back to England and um, go to Newcastle to see the family and go to a match. And literally every time we went, something ridiculous happened and they get beat. Didn't matter who they were playing against, good or bad. I think the best game I've been to live or football uh, have to be one of the Raw Grand Finals. Yep. That's what I had down. The second uh, one, the, the, the one when, um, not the penalty one, the one when um, Barisha scored really late. Oh, when they see. looked gone against Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah. Well, the atmosphere that day was just, just, oh, actually, no, pull that back. The best game I went to live. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. We can, can hear you. Best game I went to live was uh, the Brisbane Strikers winning. Oh yes, NFL. yeah, that was what year was that? That would have been. Oh, was that would 90, have been 93, 93? 92. Yeah, yeah. That was, a brilliant, that was absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Well, I, I actually am going to say the Brisbane Raw two thousand eleven A uh, League Grand Final. Actually, I know that you said it wasn't, but it'd be two 0 down in injury time to come back and then to go to penalties with 51,000. But I think there was probably 40-odd thousand by the time the game ended because um, we all know that five or 6,000 people left and the gates were locked and they couldn't <laughs> get back in. I love I, I think love those three, those three grand in. finals are the, are the highlights of my football-watching career. And, and isn't that a shame in, in a lot of ways of that was probably some of the highs of the, of the A-League. And right now... Yeah, we, we, we're not trying to put down our local competition, but it needs a revamp. It needs promotion relegation. It needs an influx of money. It needs a lot of things. We don't want it to fail. We, we'll be clear on this show. We don't want the A-League to fail, but it is failing. Mm. And the silence is deafening. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, the, the, uh, it, okay, it's got some challenges. I think that like every sport that you're going to have, we're going to get through the COVID times. I was thinking, guys, remember when we went and watched the Raw play at Palm Beach? 
you know, like uh, oh, yeah. little little wonderful moments like that, little trial matches, and and how much fun that sort of thing is. And um, I'd like to see the A League just get back to smaller venues and um and and really pack the house. I'd, I'd love to go to Highmarsh Stadium. Highmarsh is really good. Um, not easy mm. to get, not easy to get to. It's a lot of fun there when they fill that out as well. Um, been to Wonderland. That was absolutely amazing. Like, been having. Not been to as much football as you guys have around the world. Is, 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 is that is that the uh, place in the valley there, Paul? That <laughs> I think I've been there myself. It's great. Uh, slightly different one, a bit further south really of the good, border. Really if you get good value. Really good value for money as well. <laughs> we know why Sean now has four or five. You're up there jobs. this weekend, mate. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he's still there now. That's where he's recording. To the ground at full time as a Villa player and of course a Villa supporter as well. How good does that feel? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, I think I think it was deserved as well. Um, I thought we were outstanding today. Um, everything about us, our game management, our defensive defensive display, um, the way we counter-attacked. Um, the only problem was I probably reckon we should have or could have got another goal. Um, but, you know, we take a 1-0 win all day against a great team like Arsenal. You know, we've seen what they've done at the weekend um, to Man City. So it's a brilliant win for us. How you from? Pictures on Facebook <laughs> saying, oh, the old man doesn't look too bad tonight, does he? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Sean, how much is the um, – now that we've been able to potentially access Super and, and different things like that, how much has the uh, facial surgery cost you the last few days? Oh, it's, uh, I think it's I – th- I'm, I'm more concerned about the fees at the Betty Ford Clinic, to be honest. The lip suction. Betty Ford. <laughs> Go, Betty. <laughs> I think we, you know, the, the, a few of the guys at the Pig and Whistle at Riverside on the weekend, uh, we could maybe get a group discount. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. You know? Well, I'm putting it out there just that social there. distancing would have been not occurring. Uh, not trying to get you a fine, I'm, by the way. I'm claiming the fifth on that one, Paul. <laughs> claiming the fifth on that one. But uh, uh, my uh, my gains probably probably four I reckon yeah. the, the the 2011 grand final was astonishing that was brilliant um and Leeds versus Leeds versus Coventry FA Cup semi-final at Hillsborough in 87 oh wow um never seen a terrace as full obviously two years before the disaster it was a there but for the grace of God go I job uh uh, the Leeds fans were in the Leppin Lanes Terrace, and I've never seen a terrace as full. Um, but we, we we lost three two, but it's one of the great away days. Uh, yep. Fantastic. Um, secondly, was Leeds versus Middlesbrough, uh, Saturday the fifth of March, nineteen seventy seven. Uh, my first ever live game. Yep. I was nine years old. Went with my dad. Uh, I was, you know, that famous quote from uh, Bobby Robson. About walking up the steps and yeah. seeing the green, the green grass. It was, it was exactly like that. And uh, we were playing Middlesbrough, as I say, uh, Jack Charlton's Middlesbrough, and mm. we went one down. And Gordon McQueen scored twice in the last five minutes for a two-one win. And uh, I, I can still remember that to this. Day. I, I could be close my eyes now. I'm there. Yeah. So that that is one of those special days. Top of the tree. Top of the tree for me is 29th of December last year, Birmingham City versus Leeds at St. Andrews. 
I was lucky enough to get two tickets for me and my son, uh, Liam. And we went down there full of full of hope. And uh, Didn't you lose that match? We won 5-4 with a 90-plus-6 winner. Oh, and beating... 90-plus-6. Bir- and beating Birmingham, for me, it, you guys beating Birmingham in the last minute of the game. Oh, well, what, 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 made it re- what made it really special was we were... I don't know if you're familiar with St Andrews, but... The, we we were we were down That's near the it. second we were down near the second tunnel and uh, uh, and uh, all a, a lot of the uh, Peaky Blinder wannabes uh, sit yeah. in that area that just <laughs> across from the away supporters and uh, and it was one of the all time great away days and 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 you know ninety plus six five four win. At St Andrews, uh, that was one of the great away days. Now, Sean, I know you say Peaky Blinder wannabes, and I'm going to sound gutless as a Villa supporter, but um, that ground and that area you're talking about actually scared the living something out of me. I, I know you say Peaky Blinder wannabes, but I actually think they may have taken it to that step a couple of times. But uh, oh, I'll leave it at that. It's it's uh, we we've we've got a bit of history down there and. Uh, <laughs> We, we 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 you know we lost one of our we lost one of our fans down there yeah. in the eighties yeah. yeah. and uh, and 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 God bless them Birmingham City that they they talk a good game and they've got great fans don't get me wrong but uh, you know they they they're, they're always uh, they're always the bridesmaids in terms of they've won the League Cup yeah. big deal yeah. I think they won the Anglo Italian they're the third Cup, biggest big team deal. in their own town. Yeah, I won't. Uh, obviously, I could say a fair bit being a Villa supporter, but I have. Worked. They're a great club. They're, they're yeah. a great club. But as a, just just coming back to the subject, that was. Can one you of cut the... that out, Paul? That's more dangerous than the Dubai stuff. I got. <laughs> That'll come out in the edit. That'll come out in the edit, John. Don't worry. Uh, but that that was that was the because I was we were stood right at the, we were right at the front. I was with my son. We won five four. And and it was one of the great away days, yeah. and I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget it. Guys, we're going into a different topic here, and it's a hard one to um, kind of visualise when you're uh, in the spoken format. But some of the worst hairstyles from players that you've ever seen, um, have you had time to think about any of those? And 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 you almost have to discount the seventies because those worst haircuts were actually pretty on on point at that time. The worst haircuts are the ones that I love. I mean, I, I, we've talked before about, you know, absolute love for different players. I love Batistuta, man. I love this hair. Oh, yeah. I love this hair, and I love that sort of Argentinian. There's always a discussion, oh, okay, oh, my God, Jorge Benito and beautiful game and all that sort of stuff in Brazil. I love Argentinian football. It excites me, always has. And I think it's because I love the style of the players yeah. and the team. You know, you got the long hair, like, remember – Claudia Kinesia and and that and I what what I wouldn't give right now. There was an old saying I heard the last time I went to see the Stray Cats play at East um, <laughs> Leeds Club in Brisbane, and we walked out. And one of the dudes after the um, after the gig sucked back on a cigarette and said, "I'd give my left knacker to go back in and see another another five songs from them right yeah. now." And I yeah. kind of feel the same way about. Um, being able to grow my hair out like Batistuta. What about, what about, I, what about I'll, I'll, give, I'll, I'll uh, take your Batistuta and I'll raise you a Mario Kempers. Oh, yes. 
Now, are we talking <laughs> worse? Are we talking worse or best hair here? Because I'm, I'm a bit but it's the same that's thing, the man. That's the best, man. That's what the best. I, yeah, I had. Um, I actually did start growing my hair out during a World Cup once, and I wanted to be. Um, I wanted my hair to look like Walter Zenga's in goal oh, for geez. Italy. And I had like I was just growing it down the side, sort of like I was somewhere between Keanu Reeves and John Howard. So I had it growing down the side, <laughs> and just had you know it, you, it, you go and it get turned, <laughs> it turned out more it turned out more Uli Stielica though, didn't it? Oh, oh, it was magnificent. I, and yeah, and I got told I actually got told in no uncertain terms that it was going. I said, "Hey, it's my Walter Zenga haircut." It's like, yeah, I got the old boss. Who's that? Yeah, Don't and- look him up. He, he looked pretty dashing. We might get a photo of him on there. The, the ones that really strike me as the worst haircuts are the ones where they've deliberately done it. Not not the fact that they've grown their hair out or that's the fashion of the day, but I think of Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo, when he had the shaved hair with a little like triangle thing on the, on the front of the head. I'm not sure if you remember that haircut of his. He, he copied Ellery Hanley. He copied Ellery Hanley, to be fair. <laughs> And then uh, you got Ryan That's Grant. Uh, you got Ryan Grant from Sydney FC. If you've seen that, uh, it's almost a fashionable, deliberate bad haircut. The um, that that massive mullet with the shaved hair on the side. It's almost like he's trying to be too cool. So I'm not sure if we can actually count that one as worse haircut. If you know what I'm saying. In, in a thing that probably not giving too much away about us, we all met. Um, people don't know. We all met when we worked at an Australian government office called Centrelink. True. <laughs> Now in um, the Ang- World Angry Cup, angry mob, I t- angry mob outside. <laughs> I took it. Uh, I took four weeks off for the World Cup, and I was in a. This sounds fancy. A leadership position, as you guys will remember. Yes, you were. And I went to a. I, I went from straight from watching the World Cup at the end of my. Um, at the end of my, uh, how would you say, it, sojourn into that a little bit like what Sean's doing now. I went to a meeting at Twin Towns, which is one of the last time we had a government meeting at Twin Towns Baseball. <laughs> and I had all my hair, but I had it cut into the um, shape of a football. So I had all the little hexagons. Because, you know, my wife is a hairdresser, and I thought it looked magnificent. Um, um, and I got sent home. I got, they got to tell me, you're going to have to either cut it or grow it. And I said, well, I can't actually cut it much shorter in the bits it's gone. So, um, yeah, Pete Campbell sent me home. And uh, any regrets on that? Because I think that haircut, I think that's one of the all-times. Uh, we're talking worse. It happens naturally now. Tom, looks, Johnny it happens naturally now in the back there, the top of my head, it looks a bit like somewhere between that World Cup and a ringworm. Mine is just bald. And uh, if I grow even a, a couple of millimetres of hair, kids notice. Now, oh, your hair's growing back. No, it's not. It's growing at the back. Well, I'm, I'm going. I'm going back to the seventies. I'm a. I'm a. I'm an old man. I'm going back to the seventies. Firstly, just a quick comment on Jack Grealish. I hope he goes back to get his hair finished soon, because uh, you know <laughs> he's probably saving up to get it finished. Um, hey, hey, hey! Best game, and I'm going to say this: he can wear his hair any way he wants if he plays like he did this morning, because that was back to the Jack Grealish I know. And that needs a new gaffer. Needs a new gaffer. Paul, well, like look, I'm I'm not denying that. You know, I would say he's already out the door. But if he plays like that um, on Monday morning, he can go wherever he wants because we'll stay up. I'm going back to the um, my, my favourites were the old seventies comb-overs. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, there's yeah. obviously but there's obviously Bobby Charlton and uh, Bobby Charlton's the king. But I think just sat 
sat just sat sat at the side of him on the top table is a guy called Ralph Coates. Um, <laughs> Ralph Coates played for England a few times. Very good player. Uh, started off at Burnley, went to Tottenham Hotspur. For for all you uh, young players out there, Google Ralph Coates because that is the best, <laughs> the best comb over you will ever see. And what about Mick Mills? Oh, Mick Mills. Oh, Ralph Coates is the guy, mate. He's the guy. See, what people need to get as well, what they need to understand, back in the day, there was no option for the uh, Wayne, Wayne Rooney uh, uh, rug back in the day because the only options in, for the rug back in the day was a rug. It, was a, it would have looked ridiculous. Like Wayne Rooney's had his, you know, had his... Do you, think, his... Do you think our listening demographic... Have, I don't know if you... Have you done the... Um... What do they call it? The, uh, the the vital stats on who's yeah. listened to it. Uh, yeah, our survey is I'm, our I'm listening demographic all Gen Ys. Unfortunately, they are they are they are our generation guys. So. What we've got <laughs> uh, the, the the main the main demographic of our listening audience are guys sat in their pants, scratching their bollocks, sucking on a can of uh, special brew. That is it. That's what we that's what we're looking at. So, hey, Sean, so, hey, no, 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 Sean. That's the kind of comment that Hillary Clinton made that lost to the election. Yeah. Yeah, come on. We, we've got an election winner. Hey, um, what about? Hey, I'm proud of our audience. I'm proud. It's of the host. I am one of them. Well, I'm one of them. Can we jump away from the seventies for a second, then? And and someone we've we've obviously missed, who such dedication to his hairstyle, Chris Waddle. He had one of the greatest mullets ever seen. Uh, the sausage skinner. Sorry, sorry. He's still got it. Oh yeah, he has, he would never have let it go on. I think him and Billy Ray definitely should have had children together. I know that Sean definitely knows this, um, but Paul, I'm not sure if you do know this, that when I get asked who my favourite football player is from Newcastle of all time, it's always Chris Waddle. No, it's not know. Alan Shearer. It's, it's, Great it's Waddle. I love Great him. Player. Yep. Great player. What, David Beckham uh, in his cornrows? Come well, on. I'll, I'm just, I'll, just, I'll just come back. I'll just finish off. Uh, I think it, you go a long way to beat Kevin Keegan's perm of the circa 1978. Yeah. I was heading there because I was going to say Alan Sunderland in the 79 FA Cup. You will go a long way to beat Kevin Keegan's perm. And let's not forget, he dabbled into pop music as well. He had a, he had a record that got to about number 25 in the charts. So this guy had it going on. Let's not, let's not forget that. Roberto Baggio. He, yeah. didn't, he have, yeah, he, didn't he have the ponytail mullet? Yeah, but he could have his hair how he wanted because he was so cool. He was so good. He was so cool. And he wasn't so it cool when mattered. he missed that penalty, but we'll leave it at that. Great player, mate. Great, great player. No, a he, penalty, that, that's, that's like defining Chris Waddle by, now we all get all serious, by his missed penalty, and that's totally unfair to a great player. There was, um, there was an American, I'm trying to think of his name, um, the American footballer. You'd know him. I mean, not Alexi Lowes. That's the one. Now, his haircut or haircuts, I don't know if we were, we were making these out of the, that they were the worst, but his is actually almost unbelievably good. It is so bad. Well, let's not forget as well with Alexi Lowes, he, he was a pretty serious muso as well. He put a lot of music out there and pretty decent as well. If if you have a look on uh, YouTube, he's got some pretty good, decent tracks out there. So yeah, we will do it. We maybe even have to have him as an intro into one of our shows. But um, absolutely. But but we might cover this on another episode about greatest um, goaties as well, because his goatee had to be one of the greatest footballing goaties that we've ever seen. Um, so he had the hair, obviously mm. great musician, and what a goatee. 
Oh my goodness. So have we gone but have we defined what makes a great and a horrible hairstyle? No, I don't think we have. Is, I it, think a, is it a moment over. in time? It is a moment. Is it a in moment time. in time? Yeah, I think so. Like even if we give the example of the Sydney FC player Ryan Grant, that that is a mullet that he's deliberately kind of crafted um, for the time at the moment. If does that make sense? Like it's not he knows Mullets are back in, dude. We just what? had to send a decree at school. Yeah. A decree went out at school saying mullets are banned because the boys are all getting them. And it's like, to me, that's a, that's a sad day, man, because can I'm just, looking at them going, they look beautiful. Can I just put a conspiracy theory out there? Mm-hmm. The, the dude from Sydney FC, right? Mm-hmm. I reckon Slade probably did one of their retro tours <laughs> over here. Yeah. Around about 1995 or something I like that. I see where you're going. That is Dave Hill's love child, man. That is Dave Hill's love child. <laughs> One of. One of. <laughs> Dead set. De- you know, and, and for, for the young viewers, for the young listeners, that's the guitarist from the group Slade. And, and he's got, he is dead set 1974 Slade. Big time. So you reckon he's well, had in um... a cross? Sorry, man. All right, go for it. In a crossover podcast type world, the best mullet I can remember in world sport, um, and the, well, world sports, uh, i.e., Australian sports, would have to be Gary Ayres. Oh, I'm, I'm going Fraser Gehrig. No, no way, man. Mm. Is it? No. Gary Ayres was almost perfect, though. It was beautiful. Whereas Fraser Gehrig was a player, scary. man. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, you wouldn't. Uh, anyway, whatever. Get off that topic. We'll get off that I think, topic. I think I, I think Gary Ayres' main uh, main sponsor was Schwarzkopf, wasn't it? Or something. Like that. Gorgeous performance of hair. Absolutely oh, gorgeous. We're... Immaculate. Always immaculate. But. So... Uh, yes, that's uh, that's been a good coverage of worst haircuts in world football. Um, guys, given any thoughts to we, we talk about chance a fair bit, and, and you know it being such a big part of the game. But has there been any chance that you've just shaken your head and gone, "These are the worst football chants ever"? I think I think what what happens with chance, Paul, is that they they, ev- they evolve over time. And as as does society, as does the norm, as does decency, as does what 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 is you know, and 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 this is what happens. You see, uh, uh, and 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 you know what what was acceptable ten, fifteen, twenty, thirty years ago is is not acceptable now. You know, and uh, and 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 I think I, I I think what 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 gives me the most pleasure is to see. You know, again, I'm sure my age here, but you know, like Chicory Tip, son of my son, of, son, son of my father, <laughs> and all a lot of the old '70s songs. Uh, the chants are still going from the old '70s songs. You know, you know, uh, again, for for younger younger viewers, younger listeners, you'll have to look that one up on the internet. But uh, a lot of the '70s songs, the chants have survived, 
and yeah. that is testament. That's testament to to uh, to how great a time that was. You know what I mean? What well, whilst it is right, it, it is also kind of some of the generic um, chants that, that I mean, you go to any A League game or any game in America, and you'll boring. hear the most generic, boring chants. You know, the greatest team that the world has ever seen. Da, 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 da. I don't want to, you know. I, yeah. I, I just can't handle it. You know, you look at the great ones, you know, I think the underrated chants in the world, a lot of them come from, you, you know, teams or or South American teams. They're underrated. Well, a lot of times you don't know what they're saying, but you know the, no. you, you know the tune and it's different. Yes. You know, and, and, and you can and hear ferocity, it. The, the ferociousness of it, you know. And so mm. the generic cookie cutter ones are the ones that really just pee me off. Um, yeah, you know, I get very bored with um, hearing that everybody is apparently the greatest football supporters the world has ever seen, uh, loyalist yeah, that... or whatever. And um, But I, I was speaking to a friend of mine today who's a big fan of the Arsenal, and we just happened to be branched off in a discussion, and he was telling me for no real reason, it certainly wasn't about the running sheet for today, about his favourite chant at Arsenal was when... Um, they used to sing "We All Live in a Yellow Submarine," and that was when things were going wrong. And yep. um, they would name each player number one to number eleven was always Perry Groves. Perry Groves. Well, so when the things were going wrong, they put it all on Perry Groves. But that was the song of the Yellow Submarine. So when the when when yeah. the Arsenal was sinking, they um they they and. He said it was ill and good humour. Perry liked it because he spoke about it later on. He said, well, at least they remember me. No, exactly right. So, I mean, I think what we can we could obviously go down the line of offensive chants, which we're not going to go down there, but we probably could concur that the cookie-cutter ones are the ones that we just cringe at at this stage. Um, yeah, I like the ones in Mexico when they're singing about Maradona and calling him a you-know-what. They <laughs> really got um, his goat, didn't it? The ones where the ones where on the on the Maradona um, documentary, which was Mar- what Maradona in Mexico, when yeah, it's about the eighth about time Mar- we mentioned it in six podcasts. Well, look, honestly, <laughs> if you want to be a sponsor of us next year, Netflix, uh, we're quite happy to. But the bit where they, you know, two, I think two games in a row where they said Maradona sucks shoelaces. Um, <laughs> Fantastic! I, oh They're my god, unbelievable! He, he he wanted to fight them all, and I think he was. <laughs> Actually, oh, some it. of the uh, some of the some of the London rivalry songs are brilliant, and uh, I can't I can't say it because we we we're before the watershed. But you know the old uh, you would have heard it, guys. But you know, for, I think it was Chelsea initiated where it says, you know, my old man said, "Follow oh, yeah. West." Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, is, that is a cracker. That is a cracker. <laughs> I think it rhymes with uh, drop punt. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, most uh, most clubs have that aimed at each other. I know that Villa definitely sing that song to Birmingham fans as well, and they do back to us. So, um, yeah, it's fun though. Like as bad as they are, when you're a kid and you're with your dad and you look at him and he and he kind of gives you the nod to go, okay, mate, just this once, and you get to join in those chants. Um, that to me, you were talking about the smell of the grass and everything. Oh, um, absolutely. Bay 13 at the cricket at the MCG on Boxing Day. Um, being at the with the tiger, the tiger army when um, or the grog squad when they're singing their songs as a little kid, and your dad goes, "Okay, mate, you just don't tell your mum you're listening to this." They are some of the greatest moments of your life, I reckon. 
When the Barmy most... Army's really firing up, it's fun. Yep. And I'll tell you what, the other thing was great is um, if you ever get on a tour around uh, Australia with the British Lions, br- sorry, British and Irish Lions, they can um, really pump it out, can't they, Shawnee? That was a good crack at uh, Suncorp, wasn't it, mate? Oh, how good is that? Yeah, Jeez. brilliant. No, I think I, I absolutely agree with you. And it's something that I think because of the, the sports that have been traditional in this country, I think that's something that we really lack. Um, we've got some good, you know, songs for different clubs and everything, but we don't have that, that, that song that, you know, we're always copying in this country. We're not leading the way and coming out with our own. And that's what I'd love to see in the, you know, the next generation yeah, of kids. It's got to come natural to you, though. Yeah. Like, it has to yeah. be a natural thing. If you go to a football game in, in, let's say, let's be honest, in Europe or in South America, it comes natural to the crowd. You go in North yeah. America, it doesn't. It's like Australia. North America, the new world is like, is like Australia and you go to, I've, I've seen rugby in New Zealand. There's no singing. It's sitting there and yelling stuff. That's yeah. it. And it's, yeah, fine. I, it's cool. I like it. It's good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the songs myself. It's what made me fall in love with uh, world football, you know, just going along to local games and hearing songs. You know, it might be 40 people singing, and it, that's what got me into the game, to be honest, not the actual football itself. Can I just say as well, Paul, just, just, just uh, uh, changing the subject slightly, uh, again, fan, what a fantastic week for our Matildas. Uh, Lydia Williams... Laura Brock was Galloway, yep. uh, it's, and, and, and two or three others signing for teams overseas. And it's fantastic because these girls are going to be earning decent dollars, decent money, and they're going to be, they're going to be setting themselves up for the rest of their lives. And, I, and, and obviously with all our history with the Matildas and the, the Brisbane Royal Women and Haley and all that, I couldn't be more pleased, could not be more pleased. And, and it's been a, you know, we probably haven't given enough attention to the women's game on this podcast, but there's been no women's football being played uh, at the moment. But it, it, surely a TV network is going to put some of these games from uh, Britain and, and so forth. It's um, got to be putting them on TV here. It'd be box it's office. It's got to be it an would audience be box for office, it. mate. Box office. Big time. So, uh, you know, along with uh, women's sport, I, I saw a study today where it was saying um, only 10% of sporting articles um, over a year um, are on women's sport. So, look, I'm going to put the onus upon everyone there. It's going to change. I think it will. I mean, I, don't, I can't see any reason why it's not, you know. We, we, we said the W League might take a step back, but then you, all these girls, are going to, as we've said each week, are going to see their stars playing in the biggest leagues overseas, Super netballs come out and and talked about this two got uh, two point rule, and it's a pretty cle- uh, clever ploy, right? Because it's actually got them in the news yeah. in a time where netball wasn't even being played. So pretty 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 well done there. You know, there's been this mass argument that they shouldn't have the two point goals in super netball, but they got in the news when they wouldn't have previously. Um, Isn't it amazing how everyone's got an opinion on it? Huge. Everyone's got an opinion. But that's oh, that's great, ridiculous. Isn't it? You know, hey, listen, guys, like, as well, well, everyone's got an opinion. I was just going to say... As well, and that's what they want. I was just going to say, can you, can you imagine if, if I was an SBS executive or an ABC executive, I'm doing my... I'm busting my bollocks to get a highlight show free-to-air of the English Super... England, you know, the Women's Super League in, in England and the European leagues without Matildas in it because that would be box office. You'd get big viewers, big viewers... 
Well, I don't know because I'm not in media or anything like that now. I would actually be really surprised if through Optus keeping the Premier League that something's not tied in there with the Women's Premier League over there, Sean. I'd be shocked if there's not a highlight show that comes on Optus. If they're not all over this like a cheap suit, I'd be astonished. But, you know, we've got a vested interest in women's sport. We've all, we've all you know, followed it passionately. And, and um, yeah, they're great times. So thank you for bringing that up as well. Um, guys, that is it for tonight. Can uh, I, we can I some... just quickly... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, sorry, I know, I sounded feeling more like the host now because I keep cutting you off and I apologise for that. I want to pay tribute to a great, a great player who retired this week. And he retired because of... Um, obviously, because he had some mental health issues. And uh, it's uh, Andre Schürrle from Germany, who is a World Cup winner. He scored two goals in that game we mentioned a few weeks ago, which I said was the most shocking game of football I've ever seen. Um, when yeah. they beat Brazil by seven goals, he scored two goals in that game. Played in the World Cup final. He was a devastating player. Played for Borussia Dortmund. He retired this week at 29, saying, "I no longer need the applause." The depths become deeper and the highlights become less and less. And we've had some things happen this week with players um, from other sports codes in Australia and big issues like that. I just want to pay tribute to a, a fantastic player and yeah. let everyone know that if you're not feeling the best, talk to someone, there's people around you, and uh, take care of yourself first. Well, it just, it just illustrates the point, you know, that we've, been, that we've said consistently on this podcast that that these guys are human beings, and and yep. and especially the A League guys as well. You know, you know, oh, professional football, professional footballer. They've still got the mortgages to pay. They've still got the bills to pay. And and in these times, it's a bloody tough time for these people. And 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 I couldn't agree more, John. Here, here. But and and ju- just to echo that as well. Uh, let's not forget that, um, as you said last week, John, uh, the great. Great Jack Charlton was uh, laid to rest yesterday, and there were tens and tens of thousands of people lined the streets of Ashington, and uh, a true great of football was laid to rest yesterday. And uh, and and you know the stu- you know the listeners would have heard all the stories in, in in the media the last week or so. But a truly truly great man, and a truly truly icon of of the game and uh, may you yeah. rest in peace there was a thing that there was a thing that shocked me this week because luke my wife came to me and she said oh, i was talking about bex and all that and then their thing and they're wearing it. this is a new style as apparently it's called a camera's called something like you know ultra cottage or something like that it's wearing flat caps and all the rest of it and you know i was just you know what jackie charlton was his own man it was Absolutely. original. Him and Jack, and and you know, and his brother, and 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 they're wearing their flat caps, and they didn't do it for Instagram hits or anything like that. That was just who they were. And I've had a lot of talk with my dad this week, who everyone obviously would know as a Geordie, and how and he's not a football fan. It's just kind of bizarre, yeah. But my granddad was yep. a football fan, and 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 my dad's brother was a football. But my dad's not. He's an individual sports guy. But Jack Charlton was a man that they all loved, and he he was really upset this week. I think, I think as well. I think as well, lads. I, I, I don't know if I've told you this before, but you know it's the old Grandpa Simpson situation. So apologies if I have. But mm. Leeds Leeds beat Manchester United one uh, nil in the second replay of the FA Cup semi final at Burnden Park, nineteen sixty five, 
And uh, in the dressing room after the game, Jack Charlton was, a, was told by Don Revy that he'd been selected to play for England against Scotland in the home internationals uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And, uh, and, and, and that was his first call-up for the England national team at the age of 32, or 31, 32. And and he uh, and this is this is how football used to work then. <laughs> he uh, bearing in mind Leeds had just beaten Manchester United. He 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 went up to the Man United change to Man United dressing room, and he went into the dressing room and says, "Hey, our kid, I've just been selected to play for England with you against Scotland." <laughs> and he says, uh, li- "Literally, this is ten minutes after the final whistle." And uh, and apparently apparently Bobby looked up at him and says, "I'm pleased for you." <laughs> <laughs> but that that shows you what kind of man he was. He was guys. It does. He was a great man. If, great man. If if I can just circle back for a moment, it will. You know, obviously with COVID and other issues, there's there is um, a lot of mental health um, pressures on a lot of people beyond what we normally have. And we've got an epidemic of male suicides in Australia and around the world. Yep. And we've all, all of us on this podcast have had times where we've been very low ourselves. Sport has helped get us through. Our friends have helped to get us through. But we've also taken action as well. So for anyone who is struggling with mental health, and there's a lot of people, talk to your friends, talk to your family. There's Beyond Blue, there's uh, Lifeline, there's a lot of different avenues. I know we've touched on it before. It's an extremely difficult time. Try and find something good in every single day. Just don't think too far ahead. You can find even the smallest pleasure. And it's okay not to be okay, Paul. It's okay not to be okay. 100%, 100%, because you, can, you can't have the highs without the lows. Um, but as, um, as you were saying, John, before, when the, when the difference between the highs and the lows is so disparate, that's when you need to try and get that balance. So, you know... Well, I think the, the stark be... thing for me is that when you look at a guy like Shirley, you go, that guy's got everything that I would have dreamed of doing as a kid. Yep. And, and yep. it's so it's obviously not, you know, about it's about something that it was... You can't, you can't control without help and support. No, no, exactly right. Whether it's medication or therapy or being able to talk, um, the thing that I, I'm sick of with sporting people, and Sean um, alluded, not alluded, Sean brought it up with the A-League, um, having money doesn't solve you having highs and lows. Um, no. Having success on the field is one part of your life. And if you, you know, from the age of 13 or 14, were always destined to be a champion player or, you know, a great player, and that's all your life has been, then that's also something that's, um, I don't think, to be honest, I don't know if I would have wanted that life. I think what, what you've got to, to realise as well is that the um, statistically the average length of a career in the uh, NRL is two, 2.75 years. Um, and and even even the top guys, even the top guys, uh, there, was a, there was a famous Leeds guy who I'm not going to mention, but he, he was famous, he, you know, he was, I, I was in his company and he was saying that, that, that what you do, especially in those days, you set your lifestyle to what money's coming in. So you, mm. you live to the life, you live to what money's coming in. And, and what happens is when the rug's pulled out, um, you know, you might make a, a couple of bad business calls or whatever, but yep. when the rug's pulled out, uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, very 
stark world out there. And uh, I mean, you know, we need to remember that in terms of our our sporting heroes as well. They're just human yeah, we'll do beings. that. We'll do that as another. Beings. We'll do that as another show on on multiple sports. But I mean, if you think about it, look at how many boxers, um, you know, have had unbelievable, you know, thirty, forty, fifty million dollar purses and and are broke. Um, on another note, Johnny Depp, apparently 500-odd million or 600 million that his manager, um, I'm not going to say stole or anything, but didn't manage as well as he could have. So, you know, money comes, money goes. And the best thing is that you've, you've just got to have friends and family, no matter what. 100%. 100%. Guys, uh, that was a bit of a darker note to finish with. So uh, go and have a look at some uh, football mullets. Self a favour there. Have a look at Chris Waddles. It is beautiful. Well, I'm going to... Hey, listen, just to finish off, I'm just going to talk about these songs that we were going to say. And it's pass and move, pass and move, pass and move, pass and move, that's a Liverpool groove. I'm going to leave you with that. <laughs> that's, that's Ivan Novello, baby. That's oh, you're going to leave him with Novello. that. I'm going to leave him with, I'm not going to say the words to it completely, but you're making them look like Brazil um, is one yes. that I, I hate it and I like it. I can't help myself. Yes. You know, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys, and uh, I think we should do it again next week. What do you think? Uh, we'll give it a bash. Um, we're going to be looking for... We're going to be bringing on uh, special guests every week. Obviously, tonight, Super Pete Novikowski was out, so you're going to hear some different voices over the next few weeks. And if you ever want to be a guest on the show as well, you can um, contact us on uh, We Only Pod When We're Winning um, on Facebook, and you can get to me at Paul underscore... Uh, underscore football. Uh, John, yours is? Oh, um, oh be- just, um, just send me a, send me a letter. Send you a letter. Okay. So snail, snail trail to snail trail. What are we doing? What are we saying? We're bringing people to, if you want to come around to my place, you can have a beer with us in the garage. That's fine. Oh, an actually fantastic garage. Uh, so, Lambic Peach on uh, Twitter and uh, Sean. Uh, Hunslet White, H U N S L E T White, and uh, yeah, let's let's. Uh, it's it's beautiful to talk about sport. Beautiful to talk about history. Beautiful to talk about everything to do with the beautiful game of football. Uh, Viva la football! And, and, oh, well, and, it's been and a pleasure. just to finish off, guys, Leeds United. Are Leeds United are presented with a championship trophy in a few hours. So I'll just leave you with that little beautiful thing. Enjoy, mate. You deserve it. We are, we only pod when we're winning. And um, this morning, we, well, this morning, some of us won. Uh, Sean's getting a championship trophy and John's team is well and truly ensconced in the Premier League as well. 